This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the revival spreads to Arkansas. The revival spreads to Arkansas. I am from Arkansas. So uh, I can't wait to get into this conversation and talk about what God did in a miraculous way uh, recently as you were able to travel, Pastor, to the state of Arkansas to speak at a church. And we're going to go through all those details, so I don't want to get into them too much now. But I do want to bring up something. We talked last time or recently about the Welsh Revival. And one of the things that set that revival apart, really, uh, maybe from some other movements of God, was the fact that the decisions that were made generally were outside uh, of the church. In other words, uh, it was Evan Roberts went around speaking, and where he went to speak, that's where things began to happen. Whereas here at Long Hollow, uh, up to this point, it has been what's happened here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, across uh, the nation and really the world as people respond, and, and it seems like they, they're drawn here. Mm. Um, many have come from 14 different states now to be baptized here. Uh, 16. 16 different states, hard to keep track. I'm glad we are keeping track because I would definitely have have forgotten at this point. Uh, So God is just drawing them. Um, They're responding. Baptisms have been a big way this has played out. Uh, We talked about how how God is just calling people and, and, and the waters have stirred and they continue to stir story after story. Uh, even this week, as someone uh, got into the baptistry, and just a powerful story of this of this young mother who uh, lost her husband, and just forty year old mother, yeah, incredible uh, to see her baptized, her children baptized, and, uh, and it was just so moving. And that was the start of the day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was the start. That was of the, the day. first of the forty two baptisms this Sunday. Unbelievable, which brought the number at this point to. Almost 1,200 in 18 weeks, so 1,180 wow. wow. people baptized in 18 weeks. So that's weeks. the specific way God is reviving us here, and uh, it's been incredible. But you just took a trip. I went with you uh, back to my home church, Cross Church in northwest Arkansas. That's Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville area. Uh, the multiple cities connected there in, in the hub of like Tyson headquarters, Tyson Chicken, Walmart headquarters. Uh, the University of Arkansas is a big part of that community. And so we got to go back and, and really just talk about, if you will, how you even accepted to go speak. Because one of the things you've been adamant about is you don't want to turn this into uh, you don't you don't want to take the step of hey this is happening here so I'm going to go speak at a bunch of churches and and see what God does that's definitely been you've actually pushed back against that uh, correct me if I'm wrong uh, and and just really don't want to step away from what God's doing here well because and and keep in mind when I first came to Long Hollow and through the years I've traveled some mm-hmm. you know I've had opportunities to travel and speak. But I'm convinced the moment I pick up a travel schedule, and it's not because we haven't been asked to to travel and share the story, the revival becomes past tense, Mm. I think. Um, And so I feel like I need to be here and and have been here. I I haven't spoken outside of the church in 15 months. Mm -hmm. I haven't spoken outside of the church uh, in person since the move of God in December. Mm. I will say this about this revival. You you said maybe, you know, it hasn't spread from long how it's starting to spread and we're hearing other things. And obviously God's doing work 
that we might not even know about. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've had two people, Chris, in the last two weeks, mm-hmm. two weeks, come up to me and say, I have a word from the Lord from you for mm-hmm. you. And I believe you haven't even hit the tipping point of what God is about to do. Wow. And I said, really, what does that mean? And they said, this is just the beginning of what God is about to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's at Long Hollow. And I'm thinking, what more can God do at Long Hollow? You know, my prayer was, <laughs> if we, if, if God, if you could just allow us to see a thousand people baptized in 12 months. Yeah. Listen, if you're listening, you're saying the same thing. That would be miraculous. Right. 12 months, thousand baptisms. We crossed the thousand baptism mark right at 15 weeks. Mm. And then the Lord showed me two things. Number one, Robbie, and I'll speak this to those listening. Number one, your prayers are way too small. Mm. I'm a big God who can do big things. Don't insult me with prayers that you can accomplish in your own power. Hello. That's what the Lord showed me. And then number two, the Lord showed me, I'm going to take the ceiling of your faith and make it the floor. Mm. I'm going to take the ceiling of your faith, the thing that you thought was insurmountable, Mm. and now it's the floor. And that's what he's done. Now Mm. we're standing on 1,200 baptisms and God, and we're like, all right, God, what else do you want to do? (laughs) Not for our glory. And I'm telling you, we're not... God's saying not this, done. God is definitely not done. And we're not saying this to boast in us. If you want to know how ministry can be done in your own power and strength, mm-hmm. just look at what I've done up to this point. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, things can happen. And some of you have led ministry in your own power and your mm-hmm. own strength, and it's gotten you to here. Yeah. And I believe there are people listening who were like me last year. You realize there has to be more to the ministry. There has to be more to the Christian life than this. There has to be more than running a church, running a ministry, keeping people happy, keeping people from leaving, keeping deacons happy, making staff work together, keeping people uh, connected. There has to be more than that. Yeah. And that's that's a good place to be. Why? Because it's a place of desperation. Mm. And when you're desperate, you will seek in and press in for more Mm. of God. So uh, that's that's a good good place to be. Why? Because the end of yourself is the beginning of God. Mm. And that's where I was. So I got an invite from a friend of mine named Nick Floyd. Yeah. Nick Floyd is a mutual friend of Chris and myself. And uh, his father actually led the church, First Baptist Springdale, mm-hmm. uh, started there 30, 1985. He was there mm-hmm. for over 32 and a half years. Mm-hmm. And uh, church grew exponentially and had a similar kind of revival yeah. as we're experiencing back in the 90s, I think, mm-hmm. right? 96. 96, mm-hmm. yeah. 90s and 2000s. And so, and, and, and he said, when God revives a church like this, it changes the course and trajectory mm-hmm. forever, right? The, the yeah. church changes. So they, uh, they started to grow as a church exponentially and spiritually. And so uh, he retires, and now he is the CEO of the executive committee for the Southern Baptist Convention. So mm-hmm. he basically runs the business side of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah. And his son now, who's a little younger than I am, mm-hmm. is the pastor. And doing an amazing job there. And so he asked me last December, I think it was, would you come and preach our men's conference in May Mm -hmm. and then stay and lead our church services? So you'll preach in the morning at the three services. You'll stay over and lead the men's conference. And I said, and I prayed about it. Mm -hmm. And at that time, again, I was not accepting any outside speaking events. God had really directed me to stay at Long Hollow. He wasn't releasing me from that. And I said, brother, I love you, but I'm not, I don't feel like the Lord wants me to do it. Well, he circled back in January and he said, Hey, just can't get it off my mind that you need to come. Would you reconsider? Mm. And I said, man, I prayed about it again. And I said, I'd love to come, but now we're in revival. You know, January it's getting hot. 
uh, for the Lord here, you know, and people are getting saved and baptized. And I'm thinking, there's no way I want to leave this right now. So right. I said, man, I lo- I'd love to come maybe another time. So I said, no, decline the request. I sat with the Lord the next week, and one of the cool things about sitting with the Lord in this rhythm of listening to God, I'll give you an insight to think about it. If your goal is to get your personal request and agenda into heaven, Mm -hmm. then sit with the Lord and talk incessantly the entire time. And I'm good at that, and I've done that for a long time. But if your goal, Chris, is to get the kingdom agenda Mm -hmm. and God's purposes in your heart and in your life, you need to sit and listen. Mm. And so I had had this rhythm of sitting and listening to the Lord. Now we listen through the word, obviously. So you read the word. Don't ever neglect reading the word. God speaks through the word. Yes. But he also speaks through sitting and listening and slowing down. And so two times that next week, the Holy Spirit as clear as day, put it on my heart, put it, put it on my heart. Mm -hmm. You need to go to cross church to preach. And I said, Lord, I've already turned the event down. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to call the guy back, you know. I'm, I'm having this conversation, <laughs> right. and this is how the Lord and I talk, just like I talk to you, Lord. Really, Lord, there's no way I'm going to call this guy back, and so I just dismissed it. And then the next week again, and so I had to call Nick back, kind of, kind of sheepishly, and uh, hey, man, listen, I've <laughs> never had to do this, brother, really, yeah. but. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to take this event and speak mm-hmm. at your event. I've never had to, it's kind of embarrassed, but can I have an event that I turned down back to speak at? Yeah. And he says to me, well, uh, I've never had this before. He said, well, yeah. uh, I've already asked my dad yeah. to come in and speak, former pastor. He's going to speak. But my dad has one weekend in May that he's booked mm. and he's checking to see if that weekend is a conflict with this weekend. I'll let you know. Yeah. And as you know, how the story goes, we did end up going. So he they called know me that back. much already. Yeah, he called me back and said, You're never going to believe it. Dad has a conflict on May 2nd. You're up. And when we get back, we're going to share with you what Chris and I, I know I would say this, I think he would too. We witnessed in my lifetime the greatest outpouring of, a, of the Spirit of God, a legitimate move of God, unlike mm-hmm. any I've ever seen outside of Long Hollow. Would you say the same? I would completely agree. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back. Uh, We've been talking about spreading uh, the revival and just seeing how it has moved into Arkansas. And we kind of left off on a little bit of a cliffhanger because you said (laughs) one of the greatest moves of the Holy Spirit outside of Long Hollow is what you experienced. And having served at that church, I served at that church for a a total of eight years, uh, my second time there. Uh, I actually grew up there, surrendered to ministry there, became an intern, wow. uh, wouldn't leave the staff alone. I was like, you got to let me do something. Um, and, and, and they and they did. Uh, at one point, my, my office was a little telephone uh, switch closet that was no bigger than like a, a, a towel closet at your house. Or, mm. you know, <laughs> I, Started I from closed the, the door and the door handle is touching my computer edge. Um, but you know what? I loved it. And God used it to really shape me in ministry. So 
when you gave me the opportunity, you said, Chris, I'm going to go speak at Cross Church. Uh, and, and do you want to go with me? Obviously, I was on board from the get-go and, and looking forward to see what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I don't know where you want to pick this up, but I would just say when we, we flew in to uh, northwest Arkansas and we went to dinner that night with Nick yes. and Ryan, uh, the XP there, uh, Nick the pastor, and we were kind of sitting there, and I remember you telling him, you know, God's put on my heart 200 Two hundred people for baptism. Well, I didn't. I didn't know if I was going to share this I with know, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was thinking, this, why are you doing this? This really is where the whole weekend kind of turned, <laughs> and this is where it started. Okay, so I'm glad. We're, I'm glad you remind me because I, right. I wouldn't have started there. But right. so the week leading up to the event, I just sat with the Lord for mm-hmm. hours and hours, and I'm telling you, just sitting with the Lord, God, what do you want me to speak on? What do you want me to share? I really want you to move. I'm praying for blinded eyes to be opened, veils to be removed, hearts to be softened. And it's clear as day, Chris, 200. Mm. And I'm like, what? You want me to pray for You didn't for tell me that. No, I didn't even tell you that. Way. I didn't no. tell anybody this. You didn't tell anyone that. I didn't tell yeah. anybody this until the night before, which in hindsight, <laughs> if, I w- if I would be saying this now on the back end, yeah. you'd say, oh, man, no, you, you, no. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> sure. But I told yeah. the pastor, the XP, and Chris this on Saturday night. So at first when the Lord put 200, I thought, really, 200 people? That's a lot of people. <laughs> in fact... So yeah. The reason we say the greatest move of God in a day is because the greatest move of God in one day prior to that was on Easter at Long Hollow, where in two days, Saturday yeah. and Sunday on Easter, biggest day of the year, mm-hmm. we saw 201 people baptized right. in a weekend, Yeah, which was unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Incredible. So I thought 200 people in a day, Lord, really? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to pray. At this point, I've seen you move. Yeah. And you're pressing in to tell me to pray big prayers. So I'm going to pray and believe 200. And, and people ask me, should you be praying for numbers? Should you? I've gone back and forth about this. Yeah. I, I got convicted to pray for numbers. I got convicted yeah. about the conviction to pray for numbers. And so here's what I believe. I think we should pray specific laser focus prayers. Mm. And I think the ambiguous, uh, unclean mm. prayers, or unclear, unclean, <laughs> unclear, unclean was another, <laughs> right. unclear prayers right. Don't get answered. God bless yeah. him. Be with him. Help him. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather be faulted for praying too specific than mm-hmm. not for praying specific enough. And yeah. so the problem is, though, when you start boasting in the prayer request, like, sure. hey, I'm praying. We're praying for this. Or yeah, when yeah. you say, I prayed for this and God did this. Yeah. Then you put an expectation on God instead of an anticipation mm-hmm. for what God's going to do. So I didn't tell anybody this number. Right. The night before dinner, I lean over, and I wasn't going to share I was share shocked this. and surprised when you said it. You are like, shocked. What are you doing right yes, now? Yes, yes. I so, need to get on the plane and fly right back. Yeah, he's like, where are we right now? <laughs> so I told the pastor, I said, hey, and, and the executive, I said, this is going to sound crazy, but the number the Lord has put on my heart for this weekend is 200. Hmm. You should have seen his face. <laughs> he dinner. did the same thing I did. Okay. He, same thing. Yeah, he, he said, like, okay. okay. And then he said, and then he got it, and he said, well, let's pray for that. Yeah. We're going to pray and believe. And I'm like, here <laughs> we go. So. I went home that night, like Chris, yeah. and uh, got up early, prayed, went to the church and prayed. And uh, as we got to the church, I was going to preach at three different locations right. that are spaced 15 to 20 minutes apart. So it's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting dynamic. They have three campuses, normally by video, but since they had me as a guest speaker, I was going to preach live. So yeah. it was a pretty overwhelming day. Right. Preach, get in the vehicle, drive. Preach, get in the vehicle, and drive. Preach. Okay, mm-hmm. so I get up at the first place. And uh, as we're walking around, kind of getting a tour of the place, which mm-hmm. you hadn't seen yet. I've never campuses, seen this campus in, in person. No. Brand new campus. Mm-hmm. I, I jokingly say to Nick and some of his staff, 
Oh, he asked me this question. Yeah. He said, tell me about spiritual warfare in your life, one uh, of the no. guys. Remember I remember this? you gave a long, pregnant pause in response. He said, have you experienced any spiritual warfare? <laughs> yeah. And I laughed, and, and then obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you know we've done a whole episode right, right. on this. But I said to him, I said, the way the enemy normally attacks me is through the media or through the communication technology. or yeah. technology. Yeah. That's the way normally the mic or the lights or the sound or, or whatever. So we get a little tour of the building right before we start. And as we're walking back in to pray, mm-hmm. Chris will tell you what happens. The power went out. The power <laughs> in the entire building, the whole grid of the block they're on, yeah. boom, it's out. Everyone kind of looked around. And we're in did, the dark. You just kind of laughed. I just laughed. We're in the dark. And I just laughed. And I said, well, I looked at the pastor and I said, here we go. Right. So the executive pastor uh, furiously running around trying to get the lights yeah. on. We get the lights on. I get up at the first service and I give the invitation mm-hmm. for salvation. And then I ask people to come forward for baptism. And while we had about what, 30, 40 people mm-hmm. respond for salvation. Right. When I gave the invitation for baptism, mm-hmm. which was a two part invitation, nobody responded. Mm-hmm. And then we left. Yeah. So I didn't know what the response was going to sure. be. And, and we, we didn't know what was going on at the other campuses because they were they, watching online. Yeah. yeah. No, no, not the first service. The first, okay. Remember the, the first that, service? That's no. Right, that's right. No, first right. service? No. So it was yeah. just this campus. Okay. And we got to the second campus and they texted us and said, eight people followed through with spontaneous baptism. Because mm. I asked the pastor this. I said, I will come preach for you if you allow me to do spontaneous that's right. baptism. Yeah. And I had my prayer team praying and my prayer band. And so... Right before I'm getting up to preach at the second service, we get word that eight people are baptized. Mm. Now, if you're me, who's praying a big prayer of 200. Just doing the math, you're about 192 out. Yeah, way away. And I've got two services left. I got one service down, two services left at three locations. Okay, But I'm like, okay, in a men's event. But I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, I really think. There has to, I mean, I really think you want to do more than mm. this. So here's a cool little sideboard bar for the prayer band. So what do I what I do at that point is I text my prayer team. Now remember, I told you this in a previous podcast. If you don't have a prayer team, you may not even be a pastor or a minister, mm-hmm. but you need a prayer group that you can pray for. Maybe your mm-hmm. discipleship group, which my group is a prayer group, my discipleship group. Yeah. But I have a specific prayer group. It consists of 20 people. Men and women, these are not average prayers. These are not people that show up for the prayer meeting. These are people who talk to God, mm-hmm. who get on their, when I say, hey, would you pray? They get on their face and pray, Yeah. okay, and and love to pray. These are the people you can give an empty room to in this building, mm-hmm. and they'll just stay in there for hours and pray. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to give them an agenda. Right. So I text the people, I text the prayer group, and I said, listen, I actually feel like God wants to do more, but there's a barrier. I feel like there's a barrier here. I'm going to ask you, I'm about to get up and preach now at 930. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's something happening that I need you guys to pray and break through so we can see mm-hmm. God move. Would you commit to praying right now mm-hmm. for me? Yeah. And they responded back and said, Pastor, we would love to on it. And then one of them said, we are under the stage. Keep banging. Ooh, now, if yeah. you remember, some of you may not know this, but I preached the sermon and we may need to talk about this one day. We may need to talk about it next week. Well, let me just say this real quick, and then we'll tee it up for next week. There, There is a saying called stomping the stage from a man named William Booth. Mm-hmm. And my prayer team 
is no, they know what I'm asking them to do. And basically what they're saying is pastor is stomping the stage because that's exactly what William Booth, who led the Salvation Army, did. When I got up, and we're going to leave you with a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. when I got up to preach, I knew the prayer team was praying. I welcomed the people there. They introduced me. and I just said, hey, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I get into my message. I'm in the opening illustration. I'm transitioning into the scripture. <laughs> and you ain't going to believe this. My mic starts acting. Yes. <laughs> the mic starts going on. Going up. in and out. Brand new mic, different place, headset. Right out And there. I said, wait, I... <laughs> And I look over at Nick on the front row, and Nick just puts his head down, has a mic in his hand. He's shaking his head because he knows Right. we just told him yeah. this would happen. When he hands me the mic, I look at the crowd, and I say, the reason your pastor is laughing is this. I told him earlier this morning that the enemy tries to attack me through communication and technology. Hmm. Folks, this is the mic. It happens to me periodically. The reason I'm telling you this is, and I pause. I believe this morning you're not here by accident and the spirit of God is going to move in this place. Mm. And they erupted in clapping. You Mm -hmm. can ask Chris Mm -hmm. and you could hear a pin drop at that point. And Robert, I'm telling you, if you were there, it's like a light switch turned on. Yeah. Next week, we're going to tell you what happened, which is going to blow your mind. You'll find out next week as we continue the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you've been enjoying it, text a friend right now, the link If you wouldn't mind, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.